Hey, it's Nat Tentage here. So I'm going to level with you. I'm a size 16, 90 kilogram woman. And even though I'm pretty confident and extroverted and often feel like a sexy babe, there's never a time when my body image isn't on my mind, even if it's just a little low hum in the background. Feeling uncomfortable in tight clothes, worrying about how I might look sitting in a certain position, comparing myself to the people around me, feeling like you're taking up too much space, seeing a photo that completely shatters your self-image. It's difficult enough when you're just worrying about yourself, but when it comes to sex and dating, oh, there's just so much more going on because you're putting yourself out there in a vulnerable state to be judged when it can feel like you're already getting so much of that from society and yourself. And in a dating world where it's all photos first, when that's what people see before you get to charm their pants off or make them laugh, it's gonna mess around with you. So how do you navigate the shitstorm of social media dating and self-acceptance in a bigger body? In this episode, we're taking a close look at dating with a lot of body. The positive, the negative, the neutral, and how it can be better. We can't promise that we're going to totally destroy weight stigma here, but damn it, we're going to try. And just a heads up too, little content warning. Uh, We are going to be discussing body image, weight, potentially eating disorders, dysmorphia, and fat phobia. This can be hard stuff to take when it's constantly on your mind, but it's nothing but love and a safe space here. Dating in a big body or any body that isn't the desirable standard can be alienating. Here's what everyone's supposed to want. You know, Kim Kardashian tits, a thigh gap, big old butt and skinny waist. And you're not that. I mean, no one's really that. So when you put yourself out there, you may already be diminishing yourself. You might be lowering your expectations mentally putting yourself at a disadvantage and feeling like you're unworthy of love or likely to be hurt. Emma got in touch with us via Instagram. She's a size 18, self-described body yaddy yaddy queen. But she told us about an awful dating experience that went horribly because of the perception of her weight. So I'm at a bar with my friends and this thin, good-looking guy comes up to me and we start chatting and we're getting on really well and the banter's flowing but I had to leave shortly after to go somewhere else with my friends so I told him I had to leave and he asked me for my number which was very surprising because why would this guy want my number and I was a little hesitant to give it to him but I gave it to him anyway and then I left with my friends. So during the week after this, he messaged me and invited me to come out again with him on that coming weekend. And I was really overjoyed, actually. I was super happy that he even messaged me. So I said, yeah, of course, I'll come out with him. The weekend came and I met up with him and he informed me that he wanted to go hang out with his friends at a pub and wanted to know if it was okay if I came along too. So we go to the pub and his friends are sitting around a big table in like a circle. And the song Fat Bottom Girls by Queen comes on. During this song, I overhear one of his friends say to the guy I was on a date with, oh man, this song is about you guys. 
and he gestured over to me and I saw out of the corner of my eye the guy I was on a date with start laughing at the joke that his friend had made. I was shocked. I was absolutely mortified. I could feel myself sweating. I could feel my heartbeat in my stomach. I had felt like I was slapped in the face and I couldn't even think straight. Um, trying not to cry, I quickly made up an excuse and I left. And I never told him why, I just left. The worst part for me wasn't even the, the song playing, it wasn't really even the joke. It was the fact that the two of us together were obviously weird enough looking for someone to make a joke about it. And I felt like all of the insecurities that I had in the back of my mind, like why is a skinny guy on a date with me, were totally validated. It was such an embarrassing experience and it had reaffirmed every single body image that I possibly had in my whole life up to that point. The guy still will message me um, and ask me to hang out with him, but I always just kind of ignore him because if that's the way him and his friends think, then I could just never go on a date with this guy ever again. And actually since this experience, I haven't been able to go on a date or even flirt with a guy who isn't plus size. And to be completely honest, I think that I'm still coming to terms with what happened and I still replay the scenario over and over in my head. I just can't even fathom it. Like, what the hell? I don't blame Emma for struggling to re-enter the dating scene after an experience like that. With Emma's story, you might be thinking this is just an unfortunate circumstance, you know? Maybe she was just super unlucky to have met a bunch of dudes who were dicks. Surely what she went through, that level of blatant fat shaming wasn't common, right? As someone who's experienced something reasonably similar to that, I would say it's very common. That's April Aline Horton, or you might know her on Insta as the Bodzilla. She's a body love activist who said fuck you to diet culture, fat phobia, and society's very narrow beauty ideals. Talking to her, April just exudes good vibes. Her incredible positive energy and no filter sense of humor is infectious. But she's had a pretty rough journey to get to this stage of self-acceptance. And unfortunately, Emma's awful dating experience is not some outlier story in the makeup of dating in a bigger body. I have been the butt of jokes um, sometimes where I was a part of the joke and that either internalised fat phobia or simple, simply being so awkward in the moment of going along with a joke that's at your expense and at other times simply catching something out of the corner of my eye where I'm kind of like, okay, there's more going on here than I'm privy to, uh, as well as experiences from when I was younger, the, the blatant ways that people will simply say, oh, fat, that's you, and just point right at your face uh, uh, is pretty, it's extraordinary, but at the same time, it's not. Yup, it's shockingly common. And as April's explained, she's not alone in experiencing blatant fat phobia. But why do people have the audacity to think that this is like something you can actually say and do to people? 
Tony Pacuse is a psychologist who specializes in body image and the effect of social media on our perceptions of bodies. She says that Emma's story reflects a broader issue in our society, weight stigma. I think it reflects how prevalent weight stigma is within our society. And it's been something that's been around for such a long time that there is this um, preference or push towards the thin ideal. And that that means that you're more attractive or more successful or healthier, or you have more positive attributes. And it's so pervasive in society, even though, you know, there's not much evidence to that or not much factual basis, but it's a belief that's held by so many people that then plays out in dating. Um, and unfortunately within that group of men, it seems as well. Hang on, let's take a moment here because I'm seeing a bit of a pattern when it comes to dating in a bigger body. Uh, we're hearing about a lot of women being stigmatized for their big bodies by straight men. I'm not going to say this is exclusively the experience, but at least from my experience dating in queer circles as a woman, it is way less judgmental. I date pretty widely across the gender spectrum, so um, I can safely say my experiences with cis men seem to be a lot more problematic. That's Kira Peru. She's a regular on the airwaves at Triple J, and you'd know her as a powerhouse vocalist who throws molotovs at today's beauty standards. She's always been vocal about her opinions on body image and can back up that feeling I've been having about queer dating as a large-bodied person. I have zero issues um, when dating women and non-binary people about how I feel in my body. I'm always made to feel attractive and comfortable, so it's certainly something that I've seen happen in more cishet circles. I guess men feel the pressure to appear to adhere to standards that exist, that the patriarchy is built about how their partners should look, you know, more so than women and non-binary folks. Look, boys, I'm not not all menning you. It's a cultural problem. There's a patriarchal pressure that men put on each other to be partnered up with this golden standard of skinny because that's what makes you a dude. That's what makes you worthy. April sees this too. That value uh, is the thing that we we see cis men dating women who they believe or have forced into a belief are quote unquote worth less than them. So they increase their value by decreasing the value of people that they surround themselves with. And I think that that's that comes from a need to either meet up to a certain standard or to uh, to be able to brag about something, to be able to uh, talk about it with your mates afterwards. And I think the example that Emma, the listener, gave about the fact that the mates were there, obviously she was there on show. So I think that that plays into the idea that we are, you know, when we talk about the dating, sometimes, dating we sometimes refer to it as dating market. And I think that that is so... It's gross, but it's mm. so accurate because there's certainly values assigned to people, um, through, whether it's through apps or, or face-to-face interaction. So I, I would agree that it's it, it's derived from the patriarchal standards that men actually place on each other. Now, we've been talking a lot about how women experience body image issues. This is not to say that men aren't going through it either. Here's Tony. When it comes to body image issues, we usually speak about it in terms of affecting women and uh, the vast majority of the research and people that present in clinical settings with body image issues are women. Um, But there's a huge number of men and all genders, I guess, who experience body image issues. And it's definitely not an issue that's unique to women and and men also face that 
um, when going out into the dating world, feeling like they're facing the weight stigma and the judgment. Um, but I think as we were talking before with the patriarchy, I think those um, thin ideals have largely been put on women and they so they might face it a lot more and a lot more explicitly, I think, than men do. Cool, cool, cool. So good to know no one's safe from the old body dysmorphia. So what do we have to thank for this glorious condition? Well, social media and dating apps can have some really harmful effects on our mind and body self-image. Media itself has always been a bit of a problem for body image. Like back in the day, traditional media was an issue with um, celebrities or kind of having this really thin body type that people were trying to live up to. But now on social media, it's obviously so much more pervasive. People have their social media with them all the time. And the people that they're comparing themselves now to seem more similar to them. So they might be like their friends or even influencers who might seem a little bit more human than celebrities. Um, and obviously with the photo-based media, there's a lot of editing that goes on. There's the 500 pictures that are taken before you get the perfect one. So what we see is this heavily curated environment that um, portrays a certain beauty ideal that then makes people feel less than. So it often really affects their body image, makes them feel less attractive, lower self-esteem, and more likely to engage in disordered eating behaviours and other sorts of, um, I guess, negative body image behaviours. And this anxiety, this feeling that you get from socials, it bleeds into dating apps. The way we're forced to compare ourselves just by photos can have a big impact on our confidence. UK sex educator and body positivity activist Ruby Rare spends a lot of time on the gram and on dating apps and loves to flaunt her bigger body. And while she has a rosier view of these tools for meeting people, she recognises that when she spends too much time on them, she can go down a bit of a dark path. I can get into a space where I realise that I'm getting really critical about other people's bodies and therefore around my own. And that's the moment where I need to like turn my phone off, put it to one side and just do something different because we're already in so, so many parts of our lives encouraged to look at our bodies with criticism first. Mm. And there are not that many part, like moments in our life when we're allowed to just be in our bodies and we don't have to be doing anything. We don't have to be proving anything with our bodies. We can just exist. And dating apps are rarely a space where you can just exist because there's so much, there's a lot of judgment that goes on there and there's a lot of perceived judgment as well. So I think a lot of us are trying to like think two steps ahead and think about the way that our bodies are viewed rather than just presenting ourselves for who we are. Yeah, exactly. There's a hang up of how you're being perceived by the people you're swiping right on. And it's a really universal experience. Hookup listener Maria got in touch about this exact problem. My biggest plus size like dating issue is that I honestly feel like I'm catfishing people on dating apps. And I feel like it's a very common thing to think because you're like, oh, maybe, you know, it's like a really flattering pic of me and like I'm only choosing flattering pics and when they, like when I show up to a date or like if they see me in real life, they're going to think that I'm a, you know, giant beast. And that's kind of sad, but also at the same time, I, I am very confident within myself and that's why this is a confusing thought for me to have as well because I'm like, oh my God, I'm happy with the way that I look, but I always think it. Maybe I've given them this version of myself that is curated and it's not really what I look like. And I honestly feel like a lot of plus size, like size 16, 90 kilogram queen girlies and boilies and ladies might think the same thing. 
Yeah, no matter where you're at on your journey, like Maria, where you just truly love yourself and you're feeling body confident, there can still be that niggling feeling that whoever is perceiving you on the other end will be surprised or disappointed when you meet in real life. And Kira relates hard to this. I worry about it all the time. I honestly, like, I don't know. I can't say if the pictures that I have on my dating profile are, like, accurately reflective of my body. Because I don't know, like, I feel like I can have such a dysmorphic view of what my body looks like just being a woman in general in the world. But, like, I have no idea whether, like, I'm communicating my size properly. But, yeah, I don't know. I always worry about rocking up to dates and having to go through that like exchange with someone that's there that might think you look bigger or smaller or different in any way to the way that you've sold yourself in the photos. I, that's a nightmare of mine. <laughs> and that feeling is going to hit so much harder once we take our clothes off. Sex with a new partner can be daunting when you're not comfortable in your skin. The temptation to keep the light switched off and the curtains drawn is so real and that can screw with your pleasure. So we need some practical tips for connecting with your sensuality, irrespective of how you're feeling about your bod. Ruby's on it. Solo sex and and thinking about self-pleasure is a really good place to start because uh, when it's just you on your own, you have all the agency, you are not going to be surprised by something that someone might do or say, and it's really an important space to get comfortable with your own body and with your pleasure and and what it looks like and what it feels like um and it doesn't mean that things might not be a bit more complicated when you add other people into the mix but at least then you have some kind of foundation of how your body works you're not trying to figure it out in the presence of someone else um and and don't be afraid like don't take shit from people it's really important to communicate if you are if you are being made to feel uncomfortable or unworthy by someone who you are in an intimate vulnerable moment with sex is really complicated for lots of people and whether that's like during sex if you're feeling really brave but like afterwards if if something happened even if it was really small that made you feel self-conscious in your body i think it's really important that we communicate about that because then it gives everyone in the in the situation, the chance to improve on that and to do better for for you, but also for future partners as well. And remember, knowing thyself is going to help boost your confidence outside the bedroom too. <sighs> yeah, so weight stigma hits you in a lot of ways, and it can even impact who you choose to date and stay with. Hookup listener Melissa told us when she was dating at size 26, She was commonly harassed, degraded, and humiliated. And because of these experiences, she stayed in the wrong relationships for far too long. As a plus-sized woman, you get fetishized. A lot. Common comments like, I love big girls. Or, I've never been with a big girl. Or... I like big girls because I can be rough and I know you won't break. Guys were more than willing to fuck you, but less willing to be in a relationship with you. It was like I was expected to be grateful they were even paying attention to me as I'm not their usual type. I would see guys casually, yet not in public. And when I'd want to make things official, such as, you know, introduce them to my friends or family, 
they'd run for the hills, make excuses that they're not ready for a relationship or just, you know, now's not the best time. Only for a few weeks later, I'd see them with a much slimmer girlfriend. And I'd often wonder to myself, did they always have that girlfriend? Was I just a bit on the side? Or I'd wonder if they were just not interested in me because I wasn't as slim. The worst date I went on, I turned up and the guy was already drunk, so it wasn't off to the best start. And he says to me, you're a lot bigger than I thought you'd be. I was absolutely shattered because I in no way hid the fact that I was a plus size girl on my profile. I had numerous photos, not just the usual cropped selfie. But from that moment onwards, I felt like I had to warn any potential dates that I am a plus size girl, that I'm a lot bigger than what you see in the photos. It was like I had to apologize for it. And that's such a shit thing to have to apologize for your appearance because that's not who you are. I'd always get told, you have such a pretty face, you'll meet someone who will love all of you. And I knew that they were talking about my weight. They were saying that, you know, I'd find someone who would love me despite of my weight, despite of my size. I met my current boyfriend when I was at my heaviest. Um, we've been together for about two years. We're still together now. And in September last year, I had bariatric surgery where they removed 80% of my stomach to help me lose weight. I've since lost about 45 kilos. I'm still considered plus size, despite that I've gone from a size 26 plus to a size 14 to 16. And in today's society, that is still plus size. He's loved me all through all of those stages. So there are great guys out there who will look beyond the physical, who treasure the connection and your personality more than what society and everyone else sees on the outside. I just think it's rare. I think that a lot of people find themselves in not so great relationships because they feel like they need to settle because who's going to love them at that size? I know I felt like that. I was married for 11 years and it wasn't a healthy relationship. It wasn't healthy at all. And I felt like I had to settle and I stayed for about six years longer than I probably should have because I always thought, who's going to love me? Who's going to love a bigger person like this? In a perfect world, we wouldn't see weight. We'd see personalities, but it's just not the reality. We get judged purely on our size. And as I lose more weight, I've really noticed a shift in the way that people treat me. I've struggled with my weight my entire life. So when complete strangers approach you and initiate conversation, you know, you get the odd wink, the, the smile and all these compliments, it's a little overwhelming and it just makes you feel, oh, I don't, it, 
I was exactly the same person. My personality hasn't changed whatsoever. And it's just really sad that before I, I felt like I was invisible, less than, but suddenly now that I've lost weight, I'm more visible. People see me and it's just so wrong. <laughs> it's really sad because there are some great people out there and they're being judged purely on their size. And dating is brutal, absolutely brutal. Dismantling weight stigma is big picture stuff, but it starts small. If you're listening to this and are dating someone with a bigger body like Melissa, how can you support them and make them feel loved without triggering all the negative feels or making them feel unheard? How can you break down all this crap? <laughs> Here's Ruby. I'd start off with the small things of just really focusing on giving affection. Sometimes when we do that in like a really big intense way, it can feel very overwhelming. And if you have struggled with body image for some time, it, it's not something that's just going to change overnight. So suddenly doing something really dramatic might make your partner feel even more uncomfortable. But just those little like, you know, finding out parts of their body that feel really nice to be touched and don't feel like oh god get them into like a panic mode um making sure that you are are there to have the difficult conversations as well as like showering love and positivity onto them i i really like the body positivity movement it's it's where i call like it's <laughs> it's home for me but what i don't like is when we try to combat all of these really difficult feelings and experiences we have like with difficulties in our bodies with just like really oversimplified positivity mm. because it's more complicated than that we we are allowed to have good days and bad days we are allowed to not like parts of our bodies you know in an ideal world we would look at our bodies as friends and we would be forgiving and loving but that doesn't happen all the time and that's okay so I think when you're in a mindset where all you're wanting to do is just put like positivity onto your partner and their body, sometimes that can actually end up doing something a bit counterintuitive. Yes, this is such a common experience. It can feel dismissive when someone just blanket rules you with, oh no, baby, you're gorgeous. Love your flaws. You're perfect. You should love your body. When like what you're feeling is real. It's this internal baggage bullshit we carry around with us our whole lives. No compliment is going to undo years of internalized fat phobia. Ruby does a lot of work in the body positivity movement online, and she says she feels at home there. But even though that's the case, there's a new movement that is a little more nuanced that's been gaining traction online. Having a positive body image all the time is really exhausting. So the body neutrality movement is a response to this idea of having a positive body image constantly. Body neutrality is a movement about radical self-acceptance. Some days I'm gonna feel great about my body and some days I'm not gonna feel so great, but all along the way, I'm going to accept myself and understand there are other things about me to focus on and to love. The difference between body positivity and body neutrality. As you can now, imagine, people are really warming to body neutrality. Here's why April is subscribing to it. When I think about body neutrality, it's kind of closer to that acceptance when we're talking about our bodies. And that is not so much wanting to say, I love my body, but simply I accept it 
I don't necessarily feel good about or in it, but I exist and I just need to continue to move forward and that this won't always be how I feel about certain aspects of myself. I think that wherever you look to look at, you know, try to look at something positively, it's you, you feel it's a little forced, you know, I'm not one to, I don't like toxic positivity, I'm not into good vibes only. And I think that has mm -hmm. to apply internally too and, and kind of look at yourself and go, yeah, look, just vibes. They're, they're neither good nor bad, just vibes. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> being able to realise that your body doesn't exist to look a certain way, um, you know, and that the way that your body potentially works from an ability point of view, uh, you know, all of those aspects of our bodies which are put under the microscope, especially when we look at uh, marginalised communities and things like that, that our body doesn't exist for being observed, we're not objects, uh, and so that neutrality or being able to simply exist is something that I think is a much more realistic goal for people, especially people who have struggled with their body image or body dysmorphia as well. Tony reckons a body neutrality mindset can really help when it comes to dating. Body neutrality to me is also thinking that appearance is just one part of who you are. So regardless of whether or not you hate it or you love it, there are all these other things going on that might define you, things that you value, things that are important to you and that make you who you are. And so it's about learning to reconnect with those and rebalancing, I guess, how you see yourself and how you define your self-worth so that appearance doesn't make up a huge part of that. It's just one part. And I think it's the same with dating is that it's important to reflect on you know, your values and what you actually care about and who you are and putting that forward and so appearance might be one thing that comes with that and your body comes with that, but also putting out there um, with confidence, I guess, the things that you're actually passionate about and the things you care about are really important when dating. And similarly, when looking for a partner, I think we touched on before that people might feel like they can then only date people who have the same sort of bodies to them, but you know, their values might not match. There might be other things that they don't like about the person. So I think you know, leading with values, leading with what's important to you um, in the way you portray yourself and in who you look for, I think is really important in the dating space. You've got to be kind to yourself, even when others aren't. Treat yourself like a friend. That's self-compassion and it works. Learning to treat yourself with understanding and acceptance and also realising that a lot of those comments aren't about you. They're probably more about the other person and you know their own shit and whatever they've brought into the relationship more than they are about you and something that's inherently wrong with you. And I think you know when people have faced those experiences, they begin to see themselves as less than and don't believe that they deserve as much. And so overcoming that is a process of, as I said, self-acceptance, self-compassion and reminding yourself that you know you are worthy, you do deserve that. Um, and thinking about, you know, if you had a friend that was in the same situation, your best friend, someone that you really care about, what you would be saying to them. And chances are you would be building them up and telling them those things. But the conversation that you're having in your head is probably very different to that. It's much more negative. Um, and so learning to have that internal self-talk um, with that air of compassion that you would use for other people, I think, becomes really important. Yes, it's hard. Loving yourself is a journey and a battle as dumb as that is but ruby says it's worth it again this isn't something that changes overnight if us as human beings we have so much shame and stigma that we inherit from past generations and from all the messages that we receive around us in our lives do try as much as possible to work through all of this with a sense of humor and with love because it's easy to 
it's easy to forget that everyone around you is dealing with a version of this as well as you. You're not the only one. And the more, like, these are really big challenging things we're talking about here, but the if you're able to kind of hold them in a slightly light way, even though they're really big challenging things, I think we put ourselves in a much better position to make positive change and make kind of long-term change. So no matter where you're at with your body, whether you love it or hate it, that will change your whole lives. The takeaway here is to be kind to yourself. And please, for the love of all things that are good and unholy, don't wait around to start living your life. Don't wait until you're slimmer to go on that date. Don't wait to text that person back because life is happening already. And it'll pass you by if you don't start now. As always, if you have a question, love or sex dilemma, hit us on Instagram or email thehookup at abc.net.au. Nothing's off limits. And catch you next time.